welcome to Gameography, the podcast about video games and the people who make them. I am Devin. I'm Tim. And uh, we are uh, continuing in our, this, our second episode uh, to look at uh, Shigeru Miyamoto's mm. uh, Gameography, moving to his uh, his later arcade games since we covered his very first ones in the, the previous episode. Yeah, we, we saw the young Miyamoto that... To, to us now is almost unrecognizable, but in this coming episode now, we will see him start to blossom into the man we know and love We will today. see Junior become the Kong. The, hmm. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, but in this episode, we will be covering Donkey Kong Junior, the aforementioned Junior, and uh, Donkey Kong 3, and finally... Mario Bros. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is not Super Mario Bros. No. Just to be clear There's for everyone, nothing super about it's it. The least super, They're honestly, very average. Yeah, to say super would be a gross can't, exaggeration. They can't even jump on things and kill them. Yeah, very average, very unsuper. Yeah, yeah. I I can jump. <laughs> I could jump and hit a turtle. I can jump in a sewer. Yeah, I find I find this game too relatable, and that's why it's not super. <laughs> so Donkey Kong Junior is the it's like, is that Nintendo's immediate follow-up to the mm-hmm. success of Donkey Kong? Yeah, it's a sequel, yeah. And I did I did feel like they improved on the original in notable ways. Yeah. To, for me, I feel like I maybe still like the original Donkey Kong a little better. Like, so, so what's different is you're playing Donkey Kong Jr., mm-hmm. Donkey Kong's son, mm-hmm. and the rules have been reversed Mario has captured Donkey mm-hmm, Kong, mm-hmm. and you're and you're trying to save your dad, <laughs> which is just it's great. Like that. That's I feel like most other game designers would not have done that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They would have just had Mario be the like they would have had like essentially the same setup, but just like kind of change it a little bit. Yeah, actually, that is a very like uh, very creative way to just mm-hmm. make the same like a very similar game feel kind of different. Yeah. And also, I feel like because Mimoto has said like, don't like Donkey Kong is not like a villain. He was just like, he's just like out of control or like misunderstood or something. So I feel like that has something to do with like Miyamoto's like outlook, where it's like, I don't know, like there's nothing like truly like evil going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like these guys just have to go back and forth between Mario and Donkey Kong. Like <laughs> they're they're both the villain <laughs> and they're both the hero. <laughs> All right, we're playing Donkey Kong Jr. now. So you play as Donkey Kong Jr. You can now climb up uh, little vines and, like, ropes and stuff. You can... Oh. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) I love that sound effect. I love the way, like, what he looks like when he dies. His his (laughs) eyes eyes. bug out. (laughs) That is, like, the best part. Um... A notable thing, you go faster when you're holding two vines. Yeah, it actually took me a little while to figure that out. Yeah. So what I don't like about... Like, what I feel like has aged the worst for this game is, like... I feel like intuitively you would think you can, um, like, jump between the vines. But you can't jump once you're on a vine. Like, you just fall off. (laughs) Wow, you're doing good. Thank you. Yeah, I do wonder how much of that, though, is us... Looking at it with, you know, our eyes attuned oh. to modern video games. Oh, definitely. 
<laughs> immediately died. Um, although it would be more logical being a monkey that you could swing from vine to vine. Yeah. We do, though, just in that death I just went through, um, we get to one of the most notable parts of this game to me, which is the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, what did yeah. you write about it? Do you remember? Oh, I just wrote that it's like is it like maybe the first time there's a spring in a game yep. where you can jump on it and it makes you jump higher. Which has become, oh, game over, um, like essentially one of the defining factors of any like platforming games mm-hmm. you think of with yeah. Mario or Sonic or other ones. Um <laughs> This one I remember a lot more playing as a kid. I have a lot more nostalgia associated with this than the other. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So one thing I noted is I thought this was different than it was. Because I played... I had a game on uh, Game Boy. Oh, boy. Called um, Game & Watch Gallery. Oh, okay. And that had Donkey Kong Jr. on it. But it was the Game & Watch version. Oh, Press the wrong button. Um, which is like, I don't, have you seen any of those? It's like I've seen them, but I've never. I don't know what. They're like black and white for the most part. There's like a little bit of color, and it's like, um, like they look like Mr. Game Watch, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, where they're like that kind of weird animation. Mm-hmm. And I thought, obviously, I didn't think it looked like that, but I thought, like, like even the game is different. Like oh, it's, really? It's got like the same kind of mechanics of like, yeah, um, like climbing on uh, vines and stuff like that. But it's like you're not like these levels are not the same. Yeah, it's, I mean, this obviously couldn't quite work the same way using the like kind of light up little graphics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. So I was like a little disappointed because I remember liking that a lot, and I feel like I still like that better than than this probably. But uh, did you notice that uh, when you if you drop the fruits onto an enemy, they die? Oh yeah, oh That's yeah. That's classic. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Can, this I, is can a, I even make that? This is a tough part. See this this spring level is so hard. <laughs> Yeah, you got the bird I dropping an egg so on I died so many you. times. And there's so many just like buggy little parts where if you jump on the platform the wrong way, you'll just fall. Nope. Oh, there you go. Kind of. It's also notice- notable in this second level of Donkey Kong Jr., there's actually kind of multiple ways to solve it. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, the same yeah. in that first level, which I thought is like. That's definitely, yeah. A little an, bit. An innovation, I think, yeah. Though there, it, it's kind of there in the original. Where it's like, oh god, there's a like you could take different ladders, you know? Yeah, but it's yeah. not quite the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Overall, this game is a. Uh, does this does this version fun. have the like after you get past this level, <laughs> which we will never do, which we will never do? Uh, does Mario get in a helicopter? Oh, I did not see that. No. <laughs> so in the arcade version, he gets in a helicopter. And, like, takes Donkey Kong, and then, like, it says, like, he flies to his, like, base or, like, lair wow, or something okay. like that. And then Donkey Kong Jr. follows with, like, an umbrella, like a parasol. He's, like, f- floating in the air after him. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, and then, like, you get so the third level is this, like, weird, like, techno. Did you see that? Techno? It's, like not the music but like it's like all like purple and there's like fireballs like floating around and stuff 
it like looks crazy. And oh, then, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that level was really and it's weird. Like, that is, um, that is Mario's lair. <laughs> <laughs> like is what they're saying. They yeah. This. Yeah. That? It's like, like neon pink. Oh, you know what? I didn't, I really didn't realize watching that that meant that it was his lair. Yeah. You probably didn't get the text in this version, but it, like it yeah. says like Mario takes him to his lair. Oh my gosh. And, uh, and then the final level is like, you have to push up a bunch of keys up these chains. Yeah. Yeah. I to, do remember um, that. That was, it was, it was similar. Like you noted to, uh, to the last level of the first Donkey Kong where mm-hmm. you've fully changed the way you're winning the level. Exactly. Yeah. Which is, is interesting. Um, and then after you release him, uh, Donkey Kong falls down and Donkey Kong Jr. catches him. Yeah, with a big old smile <laughs> on his face, holding up his dad. Yeah, it's the first time he smiles also. Because, like, <laughs> also every time you die, he, like, or maybe not die, but, uh, like, he just generally has a frown on his face. It looks like. Yeah. It's just, like, so sad. Look at that. His dad that is sad captured. Face. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the music and sound, uh, I thought I might share one of the most notable um, mm-hmm. realizations I had in doing this research. So for all these arcade games, mm-hmm. I believe starting at, uh, I think with um, maybe even bef- before Donkey Kong with those early ones, mm-hmm. we have Hi- uh, Hirokazu Tanaka, otherwise mm-hmm. known as Hip Tanaka for some reason. I don't know why he's called that. Uh-huh. He is essentially Nintendo's sound guy and music guy. Uh-huh. And for those of the for those of you out there who are big Nintendo music fans, you'll know Koji Kondo mm-hmm. is the guy who wrote all the most notable songs for all the Mario and Zelda and tons of other games. He essentially is the pre Koji Koji, so he comes <laughs> in and he is making the sound effects for all these games, uh-huh. and he starts making the music at a certain point once they have more sophisticated music in the background, uh-huh. and he goes on to work. I think I think he's still involved in Nintendo. He made the soundtracks for Metroid, Kid mm, Icarus, wow. uh, Duck Hunt, Earthbound, and Mother Series, um, and the famous Tetris song, mm-hmm. which wow. this is uh, the most shocking realization of this all, is that that's not a song written. Oh, yeah, no. It, it's just it, a it, Russian song. It's totally ripped off from a Russian song. <laughs> yeah. It's this practice that well, I feel like yeah. you can see. I, there's another example I can't think of off the top of my head where- But Tetris just, is a Russian game. It is? Yeah, did you know that? Oh, I didn't know that. No. Yeah, it's like a Russian designer, I believe. Oh wow. Um, obviously, cool. there's like a million other versions of it, but um, yeah, Alexei Pajitinov is the creator of Tetris. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's weird that he's like credited as like, I'm maybe he like just like you know like transferred it to uh, yeah I think Nintendo's that, hardware. Or I think that uh, <laughs> yeah. I already forgot his name. Tanaka. I think that he essentially just arranged that old song mm-hmm. on the, you know, the system, the yeah. NES. And that's why he got the credit for that. But that so, song, the melody is fully just taken from an old Russian song. Does he, um, did you, like, does it, has he released music outside of games? Because on his Wikipedia page, it says his genres are chiptune, dub, and reggae. Yep. So, yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he was like a, a career you know programmer or he had he mm-hmm. had gone to school for mm-hmm. maybe electrical design or something mm-hmm. like you know something you'd expect for someone working in the video game world early on mm-hmm. but he ended up doing the sounds and essentially just being a musician on the side and then he incorporated his own musical style into the early music of these games which wow. was dub <laughs> uh-huh. which and for those that don't know 
I don't, I guess I don't know. I can't explain the exact origins of dub, but it's mm-hmm. essentially a genre based on taking the B sides of old reggae songs where it'd be the instrumental and looping that instrumental and adding effects and stuff. And it comes out to be a very, uh, vibey genre. Mm-hmm. That's mostly just drums and bass and like, you know, rhythm instruments kind of like the early, uh, grandfather of like ambient music in certain ways Mm -hmm. and so anyways he like you can actually hear it in the wrecking ball or wrecking crew uh soundtrack that song is basically just like 8-bit dub (laughs) that's crazy when you if you if you hear it like knowing that yeah you wouldn't maybe notice that otherwise but yeah yeah wow so he he put a he he was doing really weird stuff with the music is that wait so is is his name chip Tanaka, is that where chip tunes come from? It's hip Tanaka. Oh, it says here. Oh, oh, also known as Chip Tanaka. Well, yeah, that would okay. make sense. Yeah, maybe maybe that is, or maybe that's from Chip Tune or something yeah. like that. But anyway, uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna be talking about Koji Kondo in the next episode, so I <laughs> wanted to cover Tanaka. Who the hip in hip Tanaka came from hip hop. <laughs> Really? Yeah. With his favorite artist of the genre being a tribe called Quest. Yep. Oh, wow. I forget. He said that. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, so wow. I really like him now. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, we could actually, do you want to move on now? Sure. So we can actually go to the first game that features his music as opposed to just his sound effects. Mm. Oh. So here we have Donkey Kong 3, the first game to actually feature Tanaka's music. Mm-hmm. And um, in my opinion, the worst of all these games that we tried out. Really? Probably my least favorite, yeah. I actually kind of liked it. Interesting. Because it felt more like, it didn't feel as old to me, like mm. in the actual like controls and like the movement. Because like your guy, I don't know how it is on the NES version, but like your guy like uh, moves around pretty quickly and like sm- like it felt very intuitive of like okay if i press up he's gonna go to the mm-hmm. next level up mm-hmm. and then like you just shoot and he like it shoots pretty fast like there's no like it didn't yeah. feel like there's any like delay or anything that is true yeah it is, like, like, it is the quickest of them all for sure yeah like in like donkey kong and donkey kong jr like when you press jump like there's like a little bit of delay still before he like actually jumps you yeah. know yeah and it feels like kind of old and slow but um it is very like simple yeah you play it. I have notes. Yeah, I think that uh, this one just felt like the actual gameplay was the least, you know, I don't know, intuitive or even just enjoyable for me. When it actually started the first time, I was completely confused because I thought it was like a opening little cutscene thing, <laughs> and then I just died. So it didn't do anything. So you're basically in this whole game, it's the first one out of all these Donkey Kongs where you're not doing the jumping to go save someone thing. Mm-hmm. And I, this is where it really loses me is I don't understand it at all. You're just a guy with a, with like a thing that shoots gas and you're shooting gas upwards to get rid of bugs and also to shoo Donkey Kong up these vines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why are you doing this? <laughs> Who are you? That's not Mario. Wow, that was very easy. Yeah. Um, that definitely didn't happen in the arcade version. Like once you got the, uh, like... So there's like this, uh, like super, like, I don't know what it is. There's a power up yeah. that if you shoot Donkey Kong enough, he will drop, uh, sometimes and, uh, and the arcade version, oh geez, you would, uh, 
you would lose it once you got to the next level, but it looks like you kept it. Yeah, you keep this, this one for like a set amount of time. Yeah. Which makes the second level really easy. Um, but yeah, so you play as... <laughs> Plays Stanley the Bugman. <laughs> Stanley the Bugman. That's his name. Oh my goodness. Um, apparently he was, like, he's in other games. He was. He's from like a Game and Watch game, which oh, was wow. also in that Stanley. Um, in that Game and Watch collection I had for the Game Boy. Like that game, you would be you're like in a greenhouse and you're trying to similar to this, like you're trying to protect your flowers. Yeah. But it's. And that one, you're, like, moving around the greenhouse because they're, like, coming from all directions. And you have to, like, go, like, if it comes from, like, the bottom right corner, you have to go over there and then, like, shoot it. But it, it's not as, like, action-y as this, I guess. Hmm. Um, but it's the same kind of concept. Just there's no there's no Donkey Kong in that. Because in this, you're trying to, yeah, shoot Donkey Kong up. And then these other, like, bugs will kind of come and get in the way, essentially. Hmm. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> I think you lose if they steal all your flowers as well. Yeah. But you also just die if they hit you. Which they will hit you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this game was interesting, but um, ultimately just a little frustrating and weird. Yeah. I didn't feel the desire to play um, much of it. Yeah, I feel like the like the big difference is, well, one, it like kind of comes out of nowhere, nowhere. Like you said, it's like, who is this guy? Yeah. And then it's like, it doesn't also like, have any of the story of the other ones like the other ones like mm, not at the least rich had, like, narrative <laughs> they at least had like a little bit of like text or something yeah you know like well actually the nes version didn't have it but in the arcade version of donkey kong jr you see like when you start you see mario you see donkey kong in a cage and then mario like pushing him off screen and then it says like wait i actually wrote down the quote because it's great um Get key from Mario, save your papa. <laughs> and then the game starts. <laughs> so there's like a little bit of instruction. And it's like, okay, I, I know what my goal is. Yeah. And this is like, there's nothing. And then there's like, there's like, it's the same kind of thing where it's like, I think there's only three levels in this. And then it starts looping. But it's like, there's not even like an end. Like in the other ones where like Donkey Kong dies or like, yeah. you know, like crashes or you save him. Yeah. Like it just, nothing happens. Yeah. There's like, there's no like story. There's no like no context for this. There's game. no. There's nothing to like latch on to. Yeah, I feel like it's just like you just kind of play it and yeah, either have fun or you don't. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, that that's probably why. I don't know how this did like commercially, but I don't think part, very part well. Of, yeah, yeah. It's like it, it's fine, but it's just yeah. It also um, coincided with the uh, video game crash of, oh, really? of 1983. Wow. Yeah. So that. Um, at least in America, I don't like. I don't think there was a crash in Japan, but in America there was like a big crash. Um, or people just thought that video games wouldn't be a thing anymore because yeah, <laughs> no one was making any good ones. But uh, there's also like no information about this game online that I could find. Really, really, there's like, like there's I couldn't find any interviews where he like it's mentioned. I like there's like so little information. I couldn't find like any like articles. I found one youtube video where it was like the history of donkey kong 3 like the forgotten game but it's like he doesn't know anything either <laughs> it's like i watched it and i was like okay i didn't learn anything it was just like the most basic information is basically all he had that's interesting yeah so maybe miyazaki wasn't actually as involved in this as we miyazaki are. oh wow <laughs> uh 
Freudian slip, uh, Miyamoto. Yeah. I think he was, but, like, I think he probably kind of, like, disowns it, probably, and doesn't talk about it or something. I don't know. Yeah. Just because it's, like, I mean, it's also, I think, just no one else talks about it. So, makes sense. And the same year, he also released Super Mario Bros. So, why would you talk about this when you could talk about that? (laughs) Are you ready? Yeah, we are playing Mario Bros. now. We're going to be doing two-player for the first time in this podcast. (laughs) Oh, boy. I'm Luigi. Uzena, what? Do you are we on the same team? I believe so. I think it's just um. Ha! <laughs> uh, wow. I believe it's just like whoever can get the most points, but it's basically like we're on the same team. Oh no! I'm a wiener. Oh, you just blocked me. <laughs> God. Wow. Wow, I'm dead. You're already. bad at this. Yeah. Wow, I'm doing so much better than Devin. Just from not dying. I got more points than you. Oh, not anymore. How, you have... Tw- you have. I don't know how our you point have points. is so different. Because I did everything. I killed two of them. No, you I killed, killed I killed them. Oh, wait, really? Okay. Okay. God. Okay, if you could uh, <laughs> let me do my job here. Okay, okay. Oh, boy. So... The sound effects are better, and I feel like one thing with all of these games is that, like, the sound effects are, at least in the arcade versions, like, very hard to listen to. Like, the yeah. sound effect of Mario running is just like, it's like, it's like this, but worse. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, this that isn't is that fair. bad. <laughs> um, one thing that's... Again, this is only because we've played other games, specifically other Mario games, but it's like, the first thing I did when I pl- like loaded this up was try to jump on top of an enemy <laughs> to kill yeah. it, and it, that kills you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, which is just bizarre, like, to me. That's like, but the only way you can, and, it, and it's not in this version, but in the arcade version, there's actually a little like thing before you start playing that says like, this is how you play essentially. And it shows, it's like a little cutscene of Mario uh, jumping up and hitting underneath where a turtle is. It oh says, yeah. Like, it's like first like hit them from below and then like kick them. And that, and then, and then you start playing. And then it'll, it does the same thing actually for the crab guys. It says like hit them once and they become angry oh. and then hit them again to kill them. Um, Oh, well, you don't even get to play the um, what I found to be one of the most notable parts, uh-huh. which is the uh, time trial to get all the coins, uh-huh. the bonus like level basically. Yeah, which is just so specifically something that's been in like every Mario game ever since. Yeah, a staple like, of the Mario world is uh, yeah, a little mini game that has you collect yeah exactly coins in a time. I mean, that's like in '64. That's in all of the ones after that. Yeah. And you have like the little time trial things. I also like that in this two-player mode, you died, so now I'm just playing by myself. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And now I died. So you got one more life. But oh my gosh. Um, I can talk about the making of this a little bit. So like, this is the first game where Mario is a plumber, because in Donkey Kong he's actually a comp- carpenter. Um. Which is what Mimoto decided. Oh wow, you t- you turned him back to red. Yeah, baby, I'm a pro at this. <laughs> it's crazy. 
um, because Mar uh, Miyamoto wanted to have like the pipes motifs, yeah, and have the enemies coming out of pipes, and he pictured it as being the sewers of New York, apparently. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. so that is where the pipes come from. And then he was like, well, so if they're down in the sewers, then they must be plumbers, is essentially how that happened. <laughs> and crabs and fireballs. <laughs> yeah. I can't do it. Um, so I want to point out that I got about 8,000 more points than you on that run. Wow. Um, but it was close. Um, um, so this is my favorite game of these. Without really? A doubt. Yep. Wow. I definitely like the, This is the one that I played the most. I got wow. fairly far with cheating. Um, <laughs> yeah, to me, this one felt like one of the weaker ones because, oh, like, interesting. like uh, Donkey Kong Three, like, there's no real like story or like that is true. Yeah, context of what's even happening. It's just like you're you're there. You're mm -hmm. and it, it seems more like kind of like the more classic style of arcade game where it's just like. A repetitive thing to try and get as many points as you can and it yeah. keeps getting harder yeah that is fair as opposed to like Do the donkey kong style where it's like you know each level is like its own thing a little bit um, yeah and it's like you have a goal they're trying to get to yeah this is an endless loop of this of mm -hmm. like a kind of just like meaningless little game but it is yeah yeah so I, th I think that it just there's so much of the of what would become Mario in this that I find it incredible. Like even yeah, even the way that he's I noted the way that Mario will like run and then stop and like turn back the other direction. Mm. It's very similar like to how animation. in the 3D ones you can stop in your tracks and then you know yeah definitely I think they were getting better at like the just like the movement and stuff yeah. like getting that down right. Yeah. Um. I what I did notice is like. You, if you hit jump when you're not already moving, you can't, like, you just go straight up. Yeah, that, that is interesting. And that, like, really messed me up a couple of times. Because, yeah. like, you would, they they made it a lot more, like, forgiving and, like, fake, I guess. Yeah. The further Mario went on. Yeah. <laughs> and that's actually another thing, like, so we haven't talked about this guy at all, but uh, Gunpei Yokoi. Okay, I have was, no idea who that is. So he's he's known as, like, Miyamoto's mentor kind of oh and he okay. so he's the guy who invented the game and watch wow okay and like a bunch a, a bunch of other stuff at Nintendo I think um but so he he was kind of a part of like the design process for Donkey Kong but then also this game and he's the one who gave Miyamoto like told Miyamoto to do a bunch of things that were kind of like against his instincts which so he said like Mario shouldn't die if he falls from like a fall, like okay. a like a far like a far place. Yeah, because it'll like be more fun essentially. <laughs> but Miyamoto's like, well, that's not realistic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he he's also the one who suggested that like the way you would kill the enemies is jumping up from b below and hitting yeah like, the thing and turning yeah, the, them over the platform. Yeah, yeah. And then I think Miyamoto changed it so that you had to do that and then also go up and hit them. Yeah, like. Yeah, so I, I think I don't remember what his contribution was to Donkey Kong, but he's like been he's like kind of Miyamoto's design partner in a way, hmm. I would say. But I feel like like I didn't know who he was. I'd never heard of him before like researching any of this. So it's kind of interesting that like interesting. he's not remembered the way Miyamoto is. Yeah, that is funny. I guess just because of the limited amount of things he was able to do this early on in Nintendo. Yeah.
like it was definitely like to me the most graphically advanced yeah yeah um just like the way that like the floor like kind of like undulates weirdly when yeah, you hit it like, yeah that seems like not that would not be easy to do yeah like just sure. like thinking about how like sprites work and stuff it's like how did they even do that like yeah. <laughs> that's just like a weird um technical thing yeah that they somehow figured out which i feel like is just like a lot of what they're probably like trying to do yeah just like miyamoto or somebody like coming up with a crazy idea and then them being like okay like we'll see <laughs> like i don't know if we can do that yeah um yeah there was a, a passage in maybe your notes mm -hmm. or something about the way that the early games were right no i think it was when i was reading about um kanaka tanaka who mm -hmm. tanaka the guy who made the sounds yeah, I remember him saying that early on in like th this era of Nintendo, it was very few people and they were all just kind of like yeah. a modular group of people who were, who would spend like 20 hours. No, that can't be possible. Like 15 <laughs> hours a day working on stuff uh -huh. like deep into the night, just because they're having so much fun. And that a lot <laughs> yeah. of it was just playing around and troubleshooting and like trying to come up with things in a very, you know, experimental way. So I think the way you're describing it is actually probably correct. Mm -hmm. Um, that reminds me so like it's there was not very many people but then like the amount of money that like donkey kong in particular is the only one that i really like feel like i saw the like the actual f figures for or like that was in the wikipedia article but it was like it made millions and millions <laughs> like uh, i think it made like 200 wow. million dollars the oh first year it gosh. was out or something which is just like so insane i feel like even like big games now are like yeah like that would like be a, that's a like lot. a really yeah that's like a really popular game now <laughs> which is insane it's like i don't even understand how that could be possible well do you want to like just have a conclusion here yeah talk about miyamoto in general yeah let's talk about just like yeah just miyamoto in general so what have what have we his, learned his arcade days yeah I think that uh, you can actually really just see the the trajectory of Miyamoto very clearly in this first like chapter mm -hmm. of his career, where he comes in with a non-programming mindset, mm -hmm. changes a ton of things immediately in his like first you know couple of games that he makes a, a more like visual storytelling kind yeah. of like mindset rather than like even. It's interesting because, like, in, in other interviews and stuff, he talks about how he doesn't like cutscenes in games and stuff mm. like that. Oh, that's funny. Like, he doesn't like games that, like, make you watch something before you start playing. Yeah. He's like, I don't have that much time to play games anymore. Like, if I have to, like, watch something for a few minutes before I start playing, then I don't have as much time to play. <laughs> Which um, is a good point. Yeah. But it's like, he, in a way, kind of, like, started that trend. Because <laughs> it's like... Yeah. He, it's, especially how, how in the high arcade get. yeah and then in the arcade version before you start playing every single time because i had to watch it so many times because i died so many times is uh you watch donkey kong climb up the tower hmm. and then he like jumps and like a bunch of times that makes because like originally the girders are flat and every oh, time he jumps, yeah 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 go, grr, 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 grr. i can't believe it. i didn't realize that wasn't in the switch because that's a classic mm -hmm. intro yeah um so, like, he basically had, like, one of the first cutscenes in his game. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> of course, I think it changes once you go past those couple seconds it takes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But I feel like with a lot of times with, you know, directors and authors and stuff, you try and think about like where in this person's like life could this have come from, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. It is kind of hard with these games in particular, I feel like, to really draw any like of those kind of Yeah. Besides like you know, like the kind of things he was influenced by, like mm-hmm. King Kong and stuff probably and, yeah. and like movies and manga. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, I mean I think you have to because this is this is the very early days of video games as a whole, yeah. I think you have to take it as like he was trying to make a product, essentially. Mm-hmm. It was just meeting the requirements of what it meant to be a successful video game. Yeah. And so you he there's only so much of himself that he's actually putting into it. Which is, then makes it more notable how much, like, how distinct his style kind of is yeah. even in this. He he is obviously, like, kind of obsessed with that, like, a, like saving a girl. Like, yeah. Fan, that, like, kind of fantasy, like, of, yeah. like, you know, Princess Peach getting stolen or whatever. Yeah. And he then really never gets off that. He really doesn't. <laughs> like, and then you having to go save her. Um, and then, like, you know, happily ever after or whatever. Like, none of his, none of his games are like where Mario and Peach or like Mario and whoever are like already together. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's mm-hmm. like they're never, they're always apart, and they can never be together. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder how much of that is just because that's such a common motif in like fairy tales or any, yeah. you know, kind of like storytelling that he would have been exposed to. Yeah, it's. But yeah. also why that maybe appealed to him personally. Yeah. I feel like it's like a it's like a psychological, almost like Freudian like kind of like construct and like literature and stuff of like the the woman who like you can never like be with. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I feel like there's probably something like psychologically going oh, on. That's there. really funny. But um Yeah. But also it obviously is just like a very clear and like easy to understand like you don't need like really to set it up yeah you know it's like you don't need like text to set it up really it's just like you see Mm -hmm. that going on and you know what you have to do which maybe says like more about our culture than yeah (laughs) i mean this is one of the most kind of common archetypical stories you could possibly tell in Mm -hmm. any form of media so maybe part of it is the ease of understanding of that where you Mm-hmm. You see that premise just through Donkey Kong is a big scary monkey holding the girl. And so, you know, okay, I have to go save this girl. Yeah. Because it's appealing to that thing in our everyone's psychology. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it is like, I think part of the reason why like some of those, like these other games that don't have that story element is like, it is a f- like as video games as like a fantasy like power fantasy kind of thing which is like one way to look at video games it's like that is like an appealing fantasy of like i'm gonna save this person yeah Yeah. and they're gonna love me or whatever like Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) well that concludes the arcade saga of shigeru miyamoto-san's epic career we saw him go from a boy climbing in caves to uh does make programming a monkey climbing on vines (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and that's that. That's only the beginning. <laughs> Truly, only the beginning. Truly, because in the next episode, uh, the Nintendo itself, the NES and the Famicom in Japan, come out, mm. and his first console games um, are what we're covering in the next episode. You won't believe how high he can climb. 
<laughs> you won't believe how blasphemous he can get. Whoa. Uh, you, if you're satanic, you might want to start to panic because this next episode is going to be right up your <laughs> right up your devil alley or whatever they call it in that game. <laughs> um, oh yeah, uh, devil hall, devil hall. Right. Yeah. Up, listen, this is going to be right up your devil hall if you're into that kind of thing. Um, uh, so the games will be devil world, devil world. Devil World, Devil World, and Excite Bike. If you're uh, trying to play along, I hope I hope that excites you. (laughs) We'll see you next time on Gameography. Bye bye.